0: stepped in like a champion because one of our elders went down with COVID. Not not down, down, but, you know, he's just at home enjoying life, I think, really, with a bit of a cough. So he's fine, but great that Sam's been able to go and serve in Forneybridge. And we're currently leading alongside alongside one another whilst we embark on this journey of adoption, becoming one church family together in multiple locations here in both Wimborne and Forneybridge. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to look to God's Word. So Heavenly Father... I thank you for your word. I thank you for your church family. I thank you, Father, for those who are exploring uh, who you are. Father, I want to pray, Lord, for transformation this morning. I want to pray that none of us leave this place the same. I want to pray that your word would do us good. And I pray for your help, Father, in just uh, helping us to engage with you, Lord, as we look to your word. So, Father, come. Holy Spirit, come and be with us, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you turn, uh, I'm reading from Luke chapter 1 and verse 45. And if you want to kind of keep your thumb in that page, we're going to be spending uh, most of the time in that chapter. So that's Luke chapter 1 verses 45. If you don't have your Bibles, don't worry, it will pop up on the screen. So Luke one forty-five says... Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Now the Gospel of Luke gives us our most detailed accounts Account of the events surrounding the arrival of Jesus. In our series that we are currently looking at, we're looking at characters in the Bible who took steps of faith, faith being the confidence in what you believe. So they took steps of faith and witnessed God go before them in amazing ways. And the Bible isn't just a, a historical document giving us a report about what happened in the past. In fact, it self-proclaims that these words written in all 66 books of what we now call a Bible are alive. This is God's testimony to us. And they are just as essential and relevant today as they were yesterday. And of course, they will be tomorrow. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at the character of Joseph one of the most famous Christmas characters in the world, and we looked at him being an unsung hero of this nativity story, particularly in the way that he responded to God, the way he respected Mary, and the way that he embraced Jesus as his son. So today we are going to look at another famous character in this Christmas story, Mary. A more sung about hero, and rightfully so. However, in some expressions of faith, she would probably put on a a pedestal that we wouldn't put her on ourselves. And she wouldn't put herself on that pedestal either. I think that's also very important. So I'm hoping that through some of this message that will become a little bit more obvious as to why. However, that should not detract us from, and what it shouldn't detract us from is that Mary is quite an inspirational woman of faith a woman who is favored, faithful, and filled with praise. So each Gospel writer, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they bring something different to the table when they're recording the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And I guess it's a simple thing to comment on, but worth remembering, all the Gospels are ultimately about Jesus. They are not about Mary or Joseph, but their sole focus is to bring our attention to the legitimacy of this man who the angels announced, this man who the Holy Spirit enabled, this man who Mary gave birth to, who Joseph adopted and fathered as his own, who God endorsed and elevated as his son, this man who humbled himself for us, who died on a cross, and this man who is raised back to life. Jesus gets the glory. And it's a great privilege to see how that happens through the eyes and the lives of ordinary people who take steps of faith. So with that in mind, let's look at a little something about Mary, favored, faithful, and filled with praise. So the Gospel writer Luke, he's a details guy, And he wants you to have as much information to hand as possible. And right at the beginning of this chapter, we find out that Luke is writing to a person of high standing called Theophilus. And he is specifically writing this gospel so that Theophilus might have certainty concerning the things he has been taught. For example, in verse 26 of chapter 1, we have... An angel, Gabriel, sent by God to a city called Nazareth. A virgin betrothed to a guy called Joseph, who is part of the household name of David. Oh, and by the way, the virgin's name is called Mary. One sentence full of detail, and virgin is mentioned twice just to make, just to make clear that that was the deal. Luke is concerned in this gospel to present the facts. Okay, so in verse 28 and 30, the angel speaks to Mary and lets her know that she has favor with God. And the Greek word for favor here means to endow with grace, which means here that favor isn't just God saying, I'm pleased with you. The angel is saying, Mary, you are full of God's grace. Grace is a gift from God, something that we can't earn or accomplish. It is given like a gift at Christmas. It's God's kindness to us that we haven't earned. And if Mary is full of this grace, it's not just something that she has received, but it's also something that she is able to give. So here's something pretty cool, which I didn't really think about until writing these messages on Mary and Joseph. I'm hoping this will be of some encouragement to all the hard-working parents out there, especially as you step into half-term. God's gift to Mary is that she is full of grace. And a couple of weeks ago, we looked at the credit given by God to Joseph as a just man. And that word just means that Joseph was a man led by truth. Mary is full of grace, Joseph is led by truth. So if you are watching or listening as a parent or you're going to be a parent, know this, that amidst all the madness of parenting, there is something about your character that is a gift from God to you. Maybe it's your humor or your kindness or your gentleness, or your strength, or your confidence. Man and woman are made in God's image, so no matter who you are, there is something of the goodness of God in you. And you might not feel like that when the kids are um, <laughs> climbing the walls and you're hiding from them in the cupboard. We're about to press the parent rage button. <clears throat> uh, by the way, the kitchen is time out for me and my wife. That's where we go and hide because that is where the kettle and the Yorkshire tea bags are. So you might not feel super godly at times when you are a parent. Amen. Yeah, yeah. you don't feel super godly at times when you're a parent. But you know, but I want you to know that there is something of the goodness of God in you. Mary was not perfect. Joseph was not perfect, but there's something good that God had given them as individuals was reflected in the son they had raised. And guess what? That made them good parents. In the Gospel of John, the writer, John, describes the significance of what Jesus brings to the table in regards to God's relationship with his people. So God gave Moses the law, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. John 1.14 says, And the word, Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as, the, as, the, as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. Where did Jesus get his fullness of grace and truth from? Well, of course, ultimately, he received grace and truth from his Father in heaven. For we learn from Colossians 1 that God in his fullness was pleased to dwell in him. And of course, he was not only God's son, but he was equal with God himself. So, <laughs> wonderfully, I, what I do love, in addition to that, especially in the humanity of Jesus, we find and quite beautifully discover that he receives His grace and truth from his parents. Mary full of grace. Joseph led by truth. These ordinary, non-perfect parents who imparted to their child the, the gifts God had given them. So, parents... I know that in this world we experience and witness examples of good parenting and bad parenting. But I would like to say to you that one of the finest examples of parenting we can offer is not found in striving to be perfect mum and dad. Mum and dads will always fall down at some point. But in the midst of all the craziness of parenting, especially, especially in, this, in the seasons that we're working through at the moment, fine examples can be found in you seeking to impart the gift God has given you to your child. Mary full of grace, Joseph led by truth, Aaron full of gentleness, Lou full of wisdom. On a side note, coming up soon you will see that all of what Mary does is outworked through her affection for God. She looks to him in order to gain a perspective on life which includes how she parents. And the Bible makes it pretty clear that until you live life through God's perspective, you will always be living in a shadow of what was meant to be. And that's one of the reasons why Jesus is good news. He came as God's gift so that through him, you may view God's perspective on life. Getting to know the gift God has given you and how you might impart that gift to others. So Mary was favored by God but she was also faithful to God. So we started the message by reading a verse together and this was spoken to Mary by a relative she was visiting called Elizabeth. And moved by the power of God, Elizabeth says, blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. God wants to affirm to Mary in that moment his joy at her faithfulness, her steps of faith in believing that God would do what he said he would do. And he chooses to do it through Elizabeth. Just another reminder, by the way, that God uses people to encourage others. God uses people to encourage others for their faithfulness. This is the prophetic in action. And it's a crucial word that Mary is to keep close to her heart. Blessed is she who believed. You know, this word from God isn't just reflective on how Mary has been faithful, but is also looking ahead to the steps of faith that she is going to have to take. The road ahead was not going to be easy, especially as a parent. This is not just about the road to Bethlehem. It's not just about no room at the end. It's not about their escape to Egypt because of Herod's command to kill all newly born males. But this word is for the next 33 years of her son's life on this earth, she was going to witness her son do incredible things and attract thousands upon thousands of followers. She would witness great praise given to him, but she would also have to witness great cruelty and hatred toward him. She would watch her firstborn son give his life for a world that he loved upon a cross. The prophetic word that Elizabeth delivers was for living in a world where her son would be both highly exalted and brutally treated. So let me encourage you Particularly when you have a simple encouragement from God for someone, don't shy away from it. Don't hold back, but be gentle in your delivery of it. Prophetic words like this may seem simply like an encouragement at the time. Blessed is she who believed. But don't underestimate the power of that prophetic encouragement under the move of God because it may benefit someone for a lifetime. So this is what Mary believed, verses 30 to 33. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary's faithfulness to God is wrapped up in believing what God said he would do. Now you might not have uh, heard of John Williams. He's not related to me, by the way. That's just the same. <laughs> but you most certainly would have heard his music. If you've watched anything ranging from Star Wars saga to E.T. to Indiana Jones or something from your Christmas film collection like Home Alone, you will hear the brilliant compositions of John Williams, a man who makes a living from bringing stories to life with music. In verses 46 to 55, Luke 1 brings this story to life with an orchestral crescendo of response from Mary to how God has spoken to her through her relative Elizabeth. You might even have in your Bibles uh, a title called the Magnificat, which is Latin for the first actual first verse of the song, my soul magnifies the Lord. This is Mary's song of praise and brings us back to Mary's perspective on life. God is speaking a blessing over her in response to her faithfulness and how does Mary respond? She points the glory back to God. The song comprises of a personal declaration, praise to my savior for he has done much for me. Verses 46 to 49 is Mary's personal testimony. Pouring out her thankfulness to the God who has rescued and poured out his favor upon her. In verses 50 to 53, Mary's personal declaration is followed by a public proclamation. Saying praise to his might and mercy for all that follow him. This is her witness to the world, for the world. God's mercy is for those who fear him. Those full of pride will fall, but those who have humbled themselves, God will exalt. He will lift them up. If you think you have it all, you will go away with nothing. If you are hungry to know life in its fullness, that hunger will be satisfied in God. He will fill you with good things. And in verses 54 to 55, Mary finishes her song with a bit of family communication saying praise God for his commitments. He is faithful to his promises. Family, family remember, remember that God is faithful. God is faithful to his promises. God remembers, God does not forget. God has helped his people, God will help his people and God will continue to help his people. This song is the overflow of Mary's affection for God and the culmination of her attitude as shown in verse 38 when she responds to how God is going to use her. This is what she says. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. What a heart for God. What a wonderful holy fear and reverence that she shows to the one that she adores most. Mary full of grace, favored by God, full of personal declaration, full of public proclamation, and wonderfully full of family communication. As with Joseph, there is something about Mary as an image bearer of God that we can aspire to as one who is favored, faithful, and full of praise. We are going to. What's time? We're we doing time We're going to finish by responding in worship and by reading Mary's song of praise. But just before we do, a final point of application. Cue silent arrival of worship team. <laughs> <laughs> Faith is the confidence of what you believe. Mary believed God and her song of praise reflects the confidence she has in her savior. You can't, you can't get to this place of confidence without knowing him and that's the invitation. I invite you like these ordinary parents to know God and him personally in your life and if you have no idea how to do this, it just starts with you inviting God into your life welcoming into you your circumstances and who you are invite Jesus into your life today and start from there life is not easy for Mary and Joseph but their confidence is not drawn from how well life is going or not their confidence is continuously received by knowing the blessing of God in their life Mary's song would be sung in both trial and triumph, in both challenge and breakthrough, because she is not moved by seasons that change, but is captivated by the God of the universe who does not. So this principle of praise then for those who are confident confident in God is this. And Let's stand together, shall we? The principle of praise then for those who are confident in God is this. Sing your song of praise to him no matter the season. Sing in the trial and the triumph. Sing in the challenge and the breakthrough. For in every changing season, the unchanging God is with you. His favour is upon you. Let's be faithful and full of praise what this morning here's the challenge I guess what is your personal declaration what is your public proclamation and what is your family communication so let me remind you as Elizabeth shared with Mary a a simple encouragement can have a lifetime's impact even a couple of weeks ago someone from here and this family came the family that we belong to you know, come here and shared with me a simple prophetic word that had a big impact and that was a great encouragement to me so let's be stirred again as we respond in worship to encourage one another as part of our worship so let me encourage you if you have a word that would build up this family during a time of worship together then come share it so I'm going to I'm going to read from the scripture the <laughs> this the, this the verses will come up on screen. We're going to read Mary's song of praise. And let's use that to fuel our worship, our response. My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. Yeah, let's do that together. Let's, let's, let's start again because that was like, let's, let's go again. Let's go again, guys. We can do it. Nice and big, okay. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant, for behold... From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. So Heavenly Father, We thank you that you are the constant in every change. Let our song resound in every trial and triumph, in every challenge and breakthrough. Thank you for the example of your servant Mary, for the grace you gave her, for her faithfulness and for her praise. Thank you for these parents you drew together to entrust this special task of raising and releasing your son for the mission he had been given. And for those of us who have parenting responsibilities, help us, God, to do the same. Knowing that we are not perfect, but can do the best we can to impart the gift you have given us to them. I pray that people respond to this invitation to know you. That they may see life through your eyes. You love them. May they know that deeply. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.